Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a great story of sticking it to a boss who thinks it's funny to joke about firing you. But first, a story from Michael Shing, Served. A number of years ago, I was a server at a local tavern and was walking up to the doorframe my shift. I noticed someone behind me and politely held the door. It was the newish server and she proceeded to yell lecture at me about how I should not treat her differently and hold the door just because she's a woman, etc. I was pretty taken aback because I was taught to hold the door for anyone behind me regardless because it's polite. We were both working the patio section together that day. About five hours of tension after the confrontation and getting our butts kicked. Line out the door. Wait. Kitchen backed up. Everything. End of shift hits and it's time to clean up. We had this huge heavy cooler we would fill with ice and carry out every shift for condiments. Rule was, one person carried it out, the other would carry it back. I happened to be the one to carry it out, so when it was her turn to carry it back, she came up to me and asked if I would help her with it. I'm sure you've guessed already, but I hit her with, Sorry, wouldn't want to treat you differently because you're a woman. Walked to the MOD, handed in my checkout slip, clocked out, and left. She was a lot nicer after that day. I respect anybody that doesn't want any free handouts or preferential treatment just because they are the way they are, but would you guys agree with me that holding the door open for somebody is a weird hill to die on, regardless if you think it's like conforming to gender roles holding the door open for a lady? Let's say OP even did identify and say that, oh this is a lady, let me hold the door open for them. Is there actually an issue with that line of thinking, specifically holding the door open? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Hanky Pimp. My parents tried to force me to get a job in high school. For context, I was the youngest in my family. My older sister didn't have to work, and while two of my siblings did help my dad at his business after school, it was just for two hours Monday to Friday. I was a good student. I got an academic scholarship for all four years at my private high school. None of my siblings can say the same, but my parents were firm on their belief that I needed to contribute more to the household despite saving a few thousand on my tuition. I didn't want to work. I wanted to focus on my studies and play sports, but they wouldn't let up. My siblings kept bringing me job applications for every fast food restaurant in the area, but I didn't do anything with them. My parents decided they were going to drive me to each one and watch me hand in the application to each restaurant. Cue the malicious compliance. I filled out the applications and they checked to make sure I gave my correct name and phone number. Thankfully, they didn't check the desired wages box towards the bottom. I asked for $75,000 a year. This was in 1986. I didn't get a single call. Personally, if I found myself in the situation where I was being forced to work, I'd want to do the same thing and tank that application. The thing I really like about OP's way of doing it though is it turns it into like a lose-lose scenario into like a total win because let's say somebody was really in need of work, like that would have been a nice payday. Not that it would ever have happened. This nice story is from Vampire Wolf. Smoke breaks are only for smokers? Deal. Conversation at work yesterday reminded me of this one. 
Back in 2000, I was working at a royal burger place, darn near full-time while in high school. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, 5 to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 10 to 7 a.m., Sunday, 12 to 7 p.m. when needed. Friday and Saturday was as maintenance, the rest of the time was as kitchen, primarily as the one feeding burgers and buns through the broiler and then into the steamer. I had moved into the maintenance split about 4 to 5 months in, which caused issues getting my reviews at 6 and 12 months, but that's another rant. One of three maintenance people for five locations. The standard practice around there was that as supper rush was starting, we'd lose four people that went out back to smoke, including the shift manager, and leave three of us scrambling for 15 minutes. I complained and was told that there's a smoke break allowed every hour, nothing says it has to be a fixed time. First off, I just went out with the smokers for 5 minutes and was told by the same shift manager that it was only for smokers and not just a general break. Fine by me. Malicious compliance time. The next shift with her, I walked out with them as supper rush was starting and lit one up. All of a sudden, she's screaming at me to get back in and get burgers in the broiler. Sorry, but I get a smoke break every hour and they can be any time in that hour like you told me. Or were we all going back in? All of a sudden, we have a new rule posted in the break room and on that back door. Only two smokers outside at any given time and not between 5 to 7 p.m. Back of smokes was lasting me three to four weeks. Only smoked at work when I wanted a five-minute break for the remainder of my time there. That same shift manager gave me a dirty look every time I walked back in, every time we worked together after that. As a non-smoker myself, I've always seen these smoke breaks and the preferential treatment smokers get, and it kind of blows my mind that even as recently as like the 2000s and even nowadays in some places, they still get these breaks. But only if you're a smoker. To me, it just feels extremely odd and like an old tradition that's hung on way too long for smokers to get weird preferential only smoker breaks. Our next story is from Dan Oemo. Full face of makeup necessary? Got it. I'm not really a makeup girl. I'll wear like foundation and mascara, but I work at a makeup store and my manager kept telling me to wear a full face of makeup. So I did a full face with at least five different products by request. Caked on foundation and didn't blend it, drew on sharpie brows, smudged eyeliner, blue eyeshadow, terribly overdrawn lips, and of course glued on eyelashes crooked came in and my manager had a problem but i told her i was wearing five products and did my best she hasn't commented on my foundation plus mascara look ever since now i'm the furthest person from knowing anything about makeup but isn't the goal to accentuate your features or cover up a few blemishes if you have them i guess it's not a universal thing but most of the time doesn't it defeat the point if you're wearing enough makeup to the point where you're like literally identifying that you're wearing a full face of makeup I understand when people make awesome creative styles and they really stand out and it's pretty blatant, but to seeing somebody with identifiably caked on multiple layers of makeup actually influence the customer seeing them to buy makeup? I don't know. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Camus Darkfly. That's not how the world works. So this happened more than 14 years ago, but I don't remember exactly how long ago. It involves myself and a Canadian slash American office supply chain store that almost rhymes with maple syrup. A little bit of backstory is necessary before we get to the meat though. It's lengthy, so I hope you don't mind. 
Way back when, in the stone age of my IT career, I was hired as a floor associate for this office supply store. It wasn't the position I'd applied for, but that'll change later. I applied for a position as an in-store computer tech. It wasn't long before my aptitude for the internal workings of computers became apparent. And one day, the store manager asked me into the tech office to help deal with the massive backlog of computers in for service that the actual tech, who only worked a few hours a week, couldn't handle. I went through these tickets in relatively short order, turning the machines around and clearing the bench, so to speak. At this point, the store decided to make me the full-time tech. That was fine by me, that's what I wanted in the first place. Unfortunately, when you let computers languish as long as this store had, and never do any marketing, the business doesn't come in very fast. I'd already moved to have some aggressive in-store marketing done by the floor associates, along with enforcing certain company policies that were lax before, and things started to slowly turn around. Not fast enough for the store though, who cut my hours back to three days a week. I applied for and worked other jobs to make up the difference. Over the next several months, I gradually built the store's tech services up from being bottom of the barrel to one of the top grossing stores in the region, edging out the larger and more well-established stores. We had a reputation for fast and efficient service, along with saving the customer time and money by handling anything that didn't require the warranty department in-store. This further increased our store profits, and it wasn't long before the district management took notice and gave recognition to me personally. Of course, all this effort comes at a cost, and it wasn't long before my day was full, from beginning to end. I was still working the other part-time job, which offered higher pay but fewer hours. So it balanced out to being equal to the store job on fewer days, so I couldn't add more days to my store schedule without sacrificing my weekend something I was unwilling to do. I started working extra hours, usually clocking in a shift anywhere from 10 to 14 hours. Business continued to explode, and it wasn't long before I was working lunches at my workbench too. Throughout all this, the store never bothered to hire a second tech. I didn't mind, I got paid, and it averaged out to a full 5-day job. And it was pennies compared to the money I was directly making the store. Here's where the malicious compliance comes in. After about six months of this, the department manager came to me and stated they could no longer afford to pay me overtime, despite tech work sales being higher than the store had ever seen, and my pay still being less than or equal to what they'd have to pay me to work full-time for them. They didn't even offer to put me back to full-time and or raise my pay, just told me to clock out of my scheduled time. So I did. I clocked out and went home right when I was scheduled computer on the bench? It got left until my next workday. Ticket not updated? Maybe the notes are on my desk and I clocked out before entering them into the system. I was always gone by my scheduled time. Not a minute later. I also stopped working on my lunch break. Work times on the bench went through the roof and it wasn't long before management started getting complaints from floor associates who had to deal with angry customers not having their computers within a respectable length of time. One even called the head office to complain after their computer was sitting with no news for two weeks. It was only three weeks and a huge disaster later that they finally relented and said I could work as long as I wanted. It didn't last, and a few months later, I transferred stores before quitting for greener fields entirely. I still drive by that store and wonder how well they're doing without me, and it's been 11 years. 
I'm really left here wondering if that kind of thing is exactly what happened to the other IT guy before OP. Like, I imagine they come in, they're doing enough work, and then they get their hours marginalized and cut back, down to the point where they just straight up quit, or get fired for just not being as good as OP was with that limited time. One thing's for certain, as backwards as this whole operation seems, they're still open 11 years later. And our final story of the day is from Duardo225. Manager told me I was fired as a joke, so I quit. I worked for a car dealership as a lot porter. I had gotten into an accident that totaled my car right as I was purchasing a house, which led to a predicament because you don't want to buy a new car while buying a house. Shortly after buying the house, I found a different job in a field I love. So I put in my two weeks notice, and then I went and bought from a different dealership because my wife wanted a specific car that my dealership did not sell. I also knew how slimy the one I worked for was. A few days after the purchase of both house and car, one of the sales managers asked me if I was ready to buy a car from him. I didn't disclose the fact to anyone that I bought from a different dealer. I informed him that I'd already bought one, so he looks at me in the most serious face and asks if I wanted to pack my things. Basically because I wasn't loyal to this dealership. Knowing I already had a better job that was able to start me immediately, I said sure and turned and walked away to pack my things. He then realized I wasn't going to put up a fight, so he immediately started laughing and told me he was joking and how they would never fire anyone for going somewhere else. But I already knew a few people that had gotten fired for that exact reason. I told them I don't appreciate being fired as a joke because first, I do have a one and a half year old and if I didn't have a job lined up, he could have seriously hurt me financially. But I ended up leaving feeling relieved because this was not a good job. The funny thing is, he called me about 30 to 45 minutes after I left because I'd left keys to multiple brand new trucks in my desk that had to have the plastic removed and get parked. Turns out since he fired me, they made him take care of the stuff. I'm now fully enjoying my new job with the best bosses I've ever had. I know I probably took it too far, but I don't regret it. There was a good few sales managers that really cared and I don't want to throw them under the bus, but the job got too tiring because of the bad ones. I think I speak for most people when I say nobody's really judging OP for quitting a place that didn't respect them at all. I know if I worked at a place like this and there was like a pressure placed on me to make a big time purchase only with their store and if you went anywhere else you're dirt to them, I definitely wouldn't be particularly feeling the we're all family here vibe from that dealership. I guess also not to mention that dealerships aren't exactly considered the most holiest of places. Bottom line, I think if you experience a situation like that, How could you ever go back to that? How would you possibly mend a relationship like that where they basically try to fire on the spot and then go, haha, no, I'm I'm just kidding. I'd say screw this place and screw you. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.